How do everyone? Welcome to the Potty Mouth Garden Club. Yes, we are back again for another Monday has come round so quick. So welcome everyone. We've got a bit of chill, a bit of cold up in the northeast of England, so I don't know if it's like that round your way as well. We have a new guest on the show as well, a special guest coming on. Hopefully we'll drag him on as a regular as well. But first, the link is now open, so please have a look on my on the kind of on the community tab of YouTube, both on Potty Mouth and on my Tony Smith channel. The link is there now open because it's been closed for a little while, but now you can come over and join Patreon, and that will be fantastic. Like I say, it's a, I keep it just so we can have it nice and like friendly. Do you know what I mean? We're kind of just a nice little time in there, so please. Hop over there and and have and have a little look at that. What else we got? We have the questions. This is it. Put a capital Q, then your question, and by God, we'll get we'll I'll get one of the one or two of them. That would be fantastic if you do that. And what else you can see there? Look at the new fun, fun, funky background on as well. The secrets comes out. That's getting big. That's nearly getting bigger as the main show, The Secrets Behind the Shed, which we've just been doing today, which comes out on, on Friday as well. So that'll be great. Please subscribe to the, the, the greatest garden chat show. We gardeners, question time. Who, who are them? Who are them, man? That is. What else? Oh, yes. If you'd be so kind and humble, you know. Cough as if anything will do. Thank you very much. What else we got? Pressing buttons there. Competition. Don't worry about that. We haven't got one. And <laughs> the podcast. Yes, I'm working on the competition. But the <laughs> the podcast. They're all in. A, they're all in a neat row there now. So let us see our fantastic guests. There we go. Well, Stephen, behave yourself. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? It's just you. Oh, that's a competition. Don't worry, we haven't got one. Uh, well, I've actually. I've. Um, me kneel mat, what I use now, me different kneel mat. I'm actually trying to get some of them for competitions as well because we were actually talking, Steve, in the, or someone was mentioning, I think it was JB in the WhatsApp, yes. that you're silly Billy. You don't wear, you're using <laughs> kneel mat and you're kind of just disregarding, you get on your knees, you, you know what I mean? You bump into things. Protection. And you're always telling me about protection. Now, I've honestly, I know, Steve, I, know, I, I have got to have kneel mats. Why don't yeah. you use a kneel mat? I just never think about it. I just think, well, I've got to get on with this job, and I just go and do it, and then walk away, and I go, oh, that, why's my knee sore? <laughs> so it, <laughs> does I it bump into a door, and I think, well, that was silly. <laughs> does it, you know, when you go down on your knees, does it hurt your knees, or, or do you not feel Because that's the reason why I, I have really. the mat, because it hurts. I don't really feel it. don't really feel it at all, no. I see. See, young at heart there, eh? But he, his body like a Greek god. <laughs> Don't look a day over 73. I, know, I, know, I was going to say 72 there to be kind there. Eh? Oh, well, that's very nice, yeah. <laughs> Hannah, how are you? Back again? How are you? Good, you good? thank you. Yes. Thanks for now, having us back. Yes, you kindly you kindly sent over a picture. Was it Kitchen Garden magazine? You got my bonny face in, mm -hmm. in there. So you are now a writer yeah. for that magazine. Is that right? I am, yeah. I'm going to be writing monthly articles. Oh, monthly articles, and you know, yeah, you got this bonny, you got this bonny lad on in ink. So, thank you very much <laughs> for that. Are you are you good? Are you well? I'm good, yeah, all good. That's marvelous, marvelous. Well, thank you very much. And as you can see down there, the young lad there, the young lad in the, in the bottom left hand corner <laughs> is young Mark from Mark's Allotment Plot. Mark, lovely Hello. to have you on. 
Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a delight <laughs> to be here. Uh, and he's got beer there. You've got beer next to you so we can kind of... I've got beer ready to, to go. Just to take the edge off things. Eh? Just to oh, take absolutely. the edge off things. Settle the nerves. Yes. Well, Mark, I wanted to show you this before we kind of get into it. Because I know, you know, kind of when you came on, I was sure just to like introduce yourself about a week ago or something, we were talking about your flood. You know what I mean? Right, uh, yes, I, yes. I don't know you'd be sick to death of it, <laughs> but Joe from, and who's actually in the, in the, in the chat, in the, in the, in uh-huh. the live chat stream, Joe's exotics, I think creatures, exotics. Joe sent over, Joanne sent over a picture. That was her plot. <gasps> Oh man! I know. Wow. I think that's just as bad as yours, if not worse. Mark, oh, because oh, I mean, look at that. That's you know what I mean. And like I say, we're seeing marks, and it was just like over over wellies. But that's it's heartbreaking. That's when horrendous, you, isn't it? Isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So Joanne was quite. I think I think it kind of a nice bond there came about. <laughs> so Joanne's in the in Joe's exotics is in the in the chat there. If anyone wants to find out how it's. Because I mean, like you say, it's if you look at it, it's like how do you come back from that? Do you know what I mean? It's just like bizarre, Awful. to be honest. To be honest. Yeah. Steve, what um, what would happen, Steve? You know that kind of would that damage your soil in any way, or does it just dry out? Because a flood like that's never happened to me, so I would I wouldn't know what how to kind of would your beds? It would, it would wreck a lot of your preparation if you've. I mean, for instance, if you did it now, a lot of the winter preparation you've done on your bed, so if you've been digging over and putting manure in or putting feed in, or like in Mark's case in his polytunnel, he'd put compost down and that all flows it up. So, yeah, it can do a lot of damage, make a lot more work for the gardener. Mm-hmm. You'll recover from it reasonably well, but it's just the work involved to get mm-hmm. back there. And, of course, all your timber edgings for your beds, they'll all be soaked. Like in that last picture there, that shed, the base of that will all be soaked. Um, I mean, that's well, got to be sat in water, I would say, there. Uh, well, Mark was it's saying as well horrible. that his, his um, some of his, his actual beds were floating. Was that right, Mark? Some of your beds had kind of... Yeah, there was two, two of the pallet colour raised beds had sort of floated up and moved away, and like, there was this perfect square of compost left on the ground once all the water had gone where the bed used to be. So it was just literally a case of picking that colour up and putting just it back. Just picked it up, put it back on top, <laughs> job done. Oh, I mean, everything, everything's wet, like, I mean, that, that was the end of November, that happened, and I still don't think, because of the weather we've had, uh-huh. it's not, it's still not, we've not had, like, any dryness whatsoever, so all the wood's still wet, all the Gosh. compost, all the soil, everything's wet, like. Uh, I mean, I think like I say we're kind of, you know, we're not in that position there, but it just oh. must be this, like, when you see that, you know what I mean? Especially what you say, Mark, if, if you put all this time and effort in, all that, right. and, and like you say, it's a cost as well. It's like compost, it's all, you know what I mean, bags and this and that, and yeah. time more oh, than anything, like, yeah. No, there's a, there's a nice tagline all the way around the polytunnel as well, where the compost sort of floated <laughs> up to and came back down, so it's, uh, that only cleaned as well. See, I, I would keep that. I would keep that, you know what I mean? Or, or even do, like, say, a felt. Because you go to York along the right. river and there's a couple of pubs there where they've had the tide lines being past the little bar, you know what I mean? So, yes. So, I'm anyway, sorry. we've we're here again. Like I say, we've got Hannah and Mark in there. We've got the old boy as well. Stephen, we've been we've all been busy this week. To be, actually, Hannah's been busy as well. And I'm not sure you, Mark, what you've been up to. 
But I know we've all been busy. You've been kind of, Stephen, doing your, your polytunnel still as well. Everything going yeah. all right? Yeah, it's, um, I've got, got the frame mostly up now. That's all done, which is probably the easiest part. The hardest part is getting the ground level, um, getting it raked over, getting it dug over before you put a cover on it. Because if you don't dig it over before the cover goes on, it's really hot work. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've, made uh-huh. that, I've made that mistake before. So, yeah, all the hard work was done when I did all the groundwork. So, but you're yeah. not, if I'm right in thinking, you're not doing the, the trench method. Are you doing the like the wood brace along the... Or... Base rail method, yeah. yeah. So does your, first, does, your come with a, does your polytunnel come with a proper base rail? Yeah. Or is it like just yeah. like a bit of wood? Well, it is a bit of wood. You've got to, you've got to put it together. You've got nailing plates to nail, the, you know, for the longer bits of wood down right. the side. You've got to nail that together, and there are clamps and things to clamp it to the polytunnel frame. But, yeah, I'm trying that. And that's another reason for getting it level, really, because I want the cover to go on level, under tension, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to build up the soil to the base of that base rail then. Right. As, as a, like, a work in progress up to now, how is First Tunnels, how is the design, how is the kind of the construction, the build... And everything, you know, like how is the instructions? It's been, to be honest with you, it's been absolutely flawless. I mean, I've I've put up uh, two, I think, from brand new before of different companies, uh, and the instructions are, with them have been okay. But this one with First Tunnels has been first class. It really has. Every page, every step has got a QR code in the booklet. So if you're there on your plot and you're thinking, right, what do we need to do next? Just scan the QR code with your phone and it'll take you directly to a video and you can actually watch what you know what you need to do next and you can actually see it being done right in front of you. Because okay, I'll put up plenty now and I don't need to follow the instructions per se. But for anyone who's putting up a tunnel for the first time, that is absolute gold dust because you've got it right there, right on the plot. You don't even have to watch a video at home and then go to the plot and think what do they say there for step three? You've got it there mm-hmm. in front of you. And that is, these QR codes, brilliant. Really good. Well, that's not the case, Stephen, for when I was building with my little, and I don't get this wrong, the actual, you know, because I, I don't know if people know that I've got myself a little uh, <coughs> instructions there how to build a greenhouse. Got myself a little greenhouse. They're shocking. They're the worst <laughs> things. And like I bought like a Hall's greenhouse. And it's just a little one, but it's that is just I don't know. Sorry, I'm not doing it very well though. It's just not you know. This actually must have been printed in the seventies. That's the way it kind of feels. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you can get Probably much was. better. And like you say, a digital a QR code to a video because if you watch someone do it straight away, you get it. It clicks, yeah. It straight does. away, where I, honestly, I was putting a little. Yes, to me, you know, it's, it's, I'm not the, the, the greatest DIYer, but I was building, Steve, a four, where's the camera? A four bits of metal to make a frame, right? And it was the end <laughs> of the kind of build, and I was win- building this, like, window kind of frame, put a bit of glass in, screw the nuts up. You would think that would be as simple as a five-minute job, bolts, but the bolts are, like, under the glass. So if you've got a bolt head and then a bolt... You normally have like a wrench to you know to tighten them up. Yeah, but you couldn't get because the glass is there. 
So this bolts are just, <laughs> and I couldn't work out how to, an hour and a half to put, you know what I mean? In the end, I had to kind of jam a screwdriver into the glass, bend it, oh, and I'm like, oh. I've got a feeling it might have been wrong, but if I'd had a QR code or something like that just to have a look, but like on one window, I spent, and it, you didn't need to, do you know what I mean? You just could have been like a five-minute job, get it in. Can, I, it. can I ask a question? What? Can I ask a question? <laughs> Have you test opened the window yet? Yeah, it's working I'm, I'm perfectly. Just, just it's working <laughs> perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to do a got, video I've of it. I've visions of you opening the window and being left with a little stay. Glass <laughs> 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 and bits of metal everywhere. No, no, Sorry. Stephen, it's it's all up, and I'm actually the door because this is you all said get it straight, get it straight, get it straight, get it level. Yeah. You'll notice with the door, the door glides. It's like silk. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, and I've measured it again, and you know, because I had to like put the back pane in before I got it to the wall. You know what I mean? I had to kind of get the back panes yeah. in, then kind of shunty it, which is was a bit kind of hairy, but it's done and it glides. So, but just the overall build compared to yours, halls need to kind of really up their game. The 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 actual greenhouse is is lovely. I can't fault yeah. that. You know what I mean? It. But just I'm to... surprised actually because if somebody mentions greenhouse to me, the first name yeah. I come up with is Halls. I've lived Halls, with them all right. my life, uh-huh. um, so I'm surprised really. Maybe I mean, I, well, it's not because I was thinking. Maybe it's just because I've got the little baby one, and not many people buy it, and I might have them in stock. But this this is for every <laughs> like popular one, you know. So it's all different sizes. So it's if you bought like a 16 foot one, or whatever, you'd still get this particular. But it's just not right. clear because it's like the ink's blurred, so you can't see where the script. You know that's the fault. The instructions are are good, but you because you go online, they've got a PDF, and the the quality there's amazing. But there's no like there's just anyway. That's me right. That's me rant. That's me rant. The actual greenhouse is lovely. Whether I'll be able to put it to its best use, that's oh, a, we'll diff- that's we'll a get different kettle we'll of fish. Get you trained up on that. That's a different thing. Can I ask, is it is it active? I ask what you've called it. I forgot that. Yes, it is called, in honour of, in honour of the big fella there, it is called Little Steve. So I'm calling, <laughs> my, I'm calling my greenhouse Little Steve. And I've I've said some jokes, and I'm not going to say them on air, but Steve knows the jokes I'm saying. But I'm not saying any more of them jokes, Steve. There's, not, there's no more jokes, but it is little Steve, my... Uh, and I'm dying to get... Because now I'm kind of badgering the, the daughter's man, because he's an electrician, to get some power in there, because... Yeah. And actually, that is our first question, Steve. And let me just put... Jared Thomas, I don't know if I'm seeing Jared's name correct. One second, I'll pop it up there. I have loads of onions on the windowsills and leaks. Can I put them in the greenhouse yet, Stephen? Yes. What is? Would that be? Because yes. I'm, I'm guessing. Let Let's say no heat, because it's still okay to go in with no. I mean, mine are in the polytunnel, I guess. So yeah, yeah. Get get them in an unheated um, greenhouse is perfect for them. Germination is anywhere around sort of 13 degrees, which is cool anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then get them into a cold, cold, cold greenhouse, as they say, or polytunnel, and you should be fine. 
Have you got yours, Stephen? Have you got because you've yours have been germinating now? Is, no, he's still having trouble. Oh, bloody hell! No, I've, I've got some. I've got some to repot. I mean, I don't grow a great deal of onions anyway. I mostly uh, focus on the shallots anyway. But I've got enough. I just need to pot them on now. So I'm quite a way behind where I right. normally be. Well, I've seen. Funny enough, Stephen, I've seen that uh, the state of your polytunnel was rather embarrassing. <laughs> there was cardboard everywhere for god's sake i was just like cardboard and rubbish and stuff yeah it's surprising mind you you know talking about cardboard how much we actually do go because i didn't recycle it but then i've started now with the compost the price of bloody compost and i'm going to start making me yeah. own they do not that brown cardboard you know what i mean a few boxes from amazon and you've got yeah. enough you know what i mean and now it soon builds up it really mm-hmm. does yeah Right, we, we, we talked about bills. Hannah, you've started. Now, where have I got... Um, there we go. So you're starting... <laughs> you've got a polytunnel as well, Hannah. Is yours mm-hmm. is yours a first tunnels or what makes yours? Northern polytunnels. Northern polytunnels. Um, you know when they say northern, are they kind of northeast, are they? Or... Ooh, I think they're based in Lancashire. Right. Um, the guy who delivered it had... Um, and from down there, so I think that's <laughs> from there. He said he'd come from the main base as well, so I think right, that's right. where the base. So, all over. when um, is that where we're up to now? Because you've, I know you've been clearing it. Just is this your allotment? Is that your allotment in the back? And I guess that's yeah, your, yeah. So, dream. I've got like a full plot, so basically, like from where the arches are, that's like the end, and then it goes like a bit further beyond the photo as well, right? And what about to the say that. Our left, looking at it there now, is that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's about basically there. I'm stood like in the middle of the right. tunnel, um, right. where it will be. So it's about mm, ten foot the other way as well, maybe twelve foot. Right, and what, Hannah? What is yours? Is yours going to be like a, um, a battened round the edges? Are you digging it into the into the soil, the plastic? No, I've got a base rail as well. Right, the new base rail. right. So where is that where you still are at the moment then? Empty? No, um, more has been done since then. All right. On right. the stage of ready to level the ground. Um, the polytunnel is still like in the box. It hasn't came out of the box yet, but <laughs> it'll get there. Because Hopefully you, by the end of the month it'll be up. You were mentioning though them, you've got on yours anchor screw. Is it anchor screws? Is that right? Yeah. Right. And then, I can't remember what Steve had, but I know we're kind of on about base plates, kind of digging them in, yeah. base plates. Can you get base plates, or are you just going to just keep on going with the anchor? I think I'm just going to go with the anchor screws. Um, I've got, like, really clay soil anyway, and um, mm-hmm. so they're quite compact. We've tried not to sort of dig up the soil at all where the like, edges of the polytunnel are going to be, so hopefully it'll be all right. Um, right. Yeah. I'm How gonna... many... So you've got, obviously, the four corners. How many hoops have you got as well? Or how many hoops? All- Five, so it's 20 foot by 14. Wow. Bloody hell. It'll be, yeah. be tropical wonderland in there. Could, no. Well, it's, honestly, I mean, when you... You know, Hannah, when I honestly put mine up from... Because I had, like, a homemade one, and then we put up, like, a bought one, and I always wanted height. And you go in mine, and it honestly feels like, even now, still a cathedral. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's all... Yours to grow. So once it's up, yeah. it'll just be like, you'll go like, God, man. And the amount of stuff, you know, like a polytunnel is just yeah. like, it's a dream, you know what I mean? 
What Mark? What can you remember? What your polytunnel is? Is is it what make it is, or is it a homemade one? Or mine was was first tunnels as well. Uh, right, ten by twelve, so ten wide, twelve long. I wish uh, I think I think I'd heard before. I'm sure I've heard Steve say before. Oh, he does. Don't no I? Do what it, size I, you get? Oh, get it bigger, bigger. Yeah, yeah, and, and I wish I'd got a bigger one. What What stopped you then, Mark, going for a a, a bigger one? Because for me, basically, it was I couldn't really go any further. Because I'd already built and cemented yeah. in beds and footpaths, and I thought I'd have to chew them up again. You know what I mean? So, what stopped you yeah. going bigger? Well, that was my first tunnel, so I was just trying. You know, is this not go too big? Baby steps, just, just baby steps. Nice enough size, and it's sort of the way my plot's put together. That twelve foot brings me right up to where I've got a central path goes all the way through the plot. Right. So the, the twelve foot takes the tunnel right up to the edge of that central path. So. Flows nicely through the pot for getting the wheelbarrow up and down and stuff in and out and things like that. So it all goes together nicely. But I wish I'd gone another four or six feet longer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Is there? Have you got room, Mark, to kind of maybe have another polytunnel, or is that that it for that that site? Yeah, I, I could do, yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm jigging a few things around this year because I think the the last couple of years I've grown too many potatoes and things. I've got absolutely loads of them, so far, far, far too many. Some. Cutting back on some of that stuff, and I'm, I'm going to try and do more onions, more garlic, that sort of stuff. But I could easily move stuff up a bit and probably put another tunnel in there. But I don't know. I'm, I'm also thinking about a greenhouse for the garden at home. So uh, that's that's another potential project. So one one project at a time. Uh, yes, yes. Steve, if um, what would you say to anybody? You know, if it's their first, they haven't got a greenhouse, they haven't got a polytunnel. What advice would you say? What Get a, get oh, a polytunnel, get a greenhouse. Well, I think with allotment plots being what they are and using old materials and resources, like you did, Tony, you, you had an old tunnel that you made out of old gas pipe. You can do that on an allotment and it's expected. So in that basis, I would go for a greenhouse at home first, get your home growing sorted out for this time of the year so that you can get your plants going and you can always cobble something together at the allotments. Ideally, you want both. You want a greenhouse at home and you want a polytunnel at the allotments. Some people get away with just having one. For me, I think both are essential, which is why I've badgered you for years to mm-hmm. get a greenhouse at home. And finally, you just thought, oh, mother chucker, I'll get one to shut <laughs> well, him up. <laughs> no, well, no, actually, because, Stephen, I was in a good bargain position because my wife wanted the back, what we call the back, back garden, she wants it bigger for if any, you know, like grand bands come along or just to sit around and chill because we've got... Entertaining. Yes. We've got a couple of lovely, like, fire pits, but you're almost, like, huddled around them and there's fire kind of high and you would, would try it this year and it was like, they're too big for this little space if everyone's around it. The flames are yeah. licking. So it was a case of... Well, good, you don't need that there now, Tony. You don't, we don't use it. I only use it like a couple of months of the year. So yeah. that's going. But then I said, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know what I mean? And I was, well, you can get a greenhouse. So that was, <laughs> that was how <laughs> little Stephen came into the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hannah, when have you got a, a set date? Because obviously you want it, I would have thought, up for this year's tomatoes and chilies and everything like that. Are you aiming to get it up pretty quickly, or is it just when you time? No, I'm aiming to get it up by the end of the month. I can't be 
honest. Uh, hopefully it's not too optimistic. Um, but I've like dedicated some definite time to just go up there and sort it all out so it's ready for the end of February. Well, you're not... Surely, surely you'll not take as you'll not take as long as JB putting his greenhouse up. That's what that's what I'm kind of you know what I mean. Hopefully, you know what I mean. No one takes as long as that. You know what I mean. So, what about, so are you bringing on chilies and thinking about sowing there now, ready for the? Yeah, so I've sown quite a lot already. I've got some stuff on the radiator behind us actually, but I saw chilies, aubergines, and things at the beginning of the month. Um, they're down at work now under lights. They've germinated pretty well. And then I've started off some more aubergines, cucumbers, chilies. I'm trying to not get too eager. I do it every year. Oh, um, uh, but I can't help it. So, yeah. Well, I've got lights this year, so I'm at a bit of an advantage. Mind you've got actually you've got trackalls full system of like microgreens, you know what I mean? You've yeah. got that and their greenhouse. So, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can kind of go to town. Germany I must admit, I'm, with all them lights and all them microgreens, I must admit, and they probably have a couple of aubergine plants in the middle somewhere, <laughs> just nestling in. Yeah, just the get, get them in there, get them some light. I've just seen uh, JB in there going, what's the bloody point? <laughs> I'm guessing that's in ref- I guess that's in reference to the greenhouse remark. Mind you, did anyone see JB's? That one about, I think it was the midweek video he put out that Wednesday one. I thought it was just, oh, it was just brilliant. brilliant. Be- uh, yeah. Oh man, because he hit a nail on the head when he, because I laugh and joke on, you know what I mean? And I know, but he, he he said something like, you know, I've already committed the money sunk in, and he has, he's spent a canny lot of money, you know what I mean? There's no going back now. He's got to plough ahead, you know what I mean? Because I was yeah. thinking when it was happening, I was thinking, well, Jimmy, why don't you just. Leave that. You've only paid fifty quid or something. Get a, get a, a new one. But the, he hasn't. You know, there's money being he's been thrown. Blessed <laughs> money at it, left, right, and centre. So I just thought that was such a, a, a great video. If anyone hasn't seen it, our compadre JB, naturally JB. So hopefully next time he's on, it'll be finished. Eh, Steve, it'll be all all sorted and uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm giving him a break now because I was giving him quite a ribbon. Oh, I know. Wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we kind of watched that video and it was like Jamie. tears in his eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> we kind of felt a bit sorry for him. So it's February now. Then are we are we sowing anything, Mark? Are you sowing anything? Are you, have you got what Hannah says? That kind of are you quite so, conservative uh, and just I can just wait me turn, wait me. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm, I'm trying to resist it. It's like. I've got Steve on one shoulder and Tony on the other. <laughs> and one's going, sow all the seeds, sow all the seeds. And the other one's going, no, wait, wait, don't sow them yet. But I've got I've got chilies on the go and the chilies are under the lights. They're coming along absolutely brilliantly. Uh, onions, the onions have been sort of all potted on and they're sitting outside in the little greenhouse cold frame thing. I've just done some shallots as well. They've just come up, there's a broom shallots, so they've just come off the heat. Ooh. And they're sitting on the window. Oh, 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 there's Steve oh, sitting too oh, early, too early. Oh, is that there early? Bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> so, That's fine, it'll be fine. <laughs> why, I'm sure they will. No, why, why is it then, Steve? Why not do them early? They've come up there now. You'll get a better, you'll get a quicker harvest. Why wait till March for, like, an onion, an allium, you know, variety? Just because 
That's got, when you Because Grandad did. That's why. Because bloody Grandad <laughs> oh, did. No, Grandad wasn't throwing shallots. He never. I don't think he, I ever saw him growing shallots. It was all onions then. Um, so no, he never did them. But I know that's the recommend. I mean, every every seed has a set amount of growing days, and if you start stretching that out, you're starting to play with the with the actual plant and how it grows. So, but you've always to... you've always been one, Steve, to kind of push that boundary. You know, sow oh, in God, there, yeah. sow yeah. then. I'm going to sow in yeah. winter tomatoes. I mean, that's. Well, <laughs> I was pushing it in my last video. I, I was sowing radishes two days ago, for heaven's sake. And I was sowing it, and the ground outside was frozen. But, you know, it was just in it for a punter. All I'm trying to do is grow some greens to eat because the plot's been decimated this winter with oh, the cold spell. No. So, yeah, always pushing the boundaries. But, yeah, I find the shallots, I tried them two years ago, really early, I think in January, and they just came out like a meagre crop. Went back last year to March. Well, you saw the size of my shallots <gasps> last year. Oh, they were oh. magical. And we're still eating them now because we've got such a good crop and mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, maybe then, are you, are you, are you all right with that? Are you, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go, I'll, I'll nurture them. They, they might go under the lights for a little bit and they'll, they'll be under glass for a while before <laughs> the, the go outside. It may well work for you, you know. It, yeah. Just because I've said it doesn't mean it's gospel, you know. It just well, have I come back on you? over the years. Six months' time with the rubbish anyway, I'll just buy from the shops and just say, oh, what a car. <laughs> <laughs> Straight from Waitrose. <laughs> so, oh, as, well, Mark, as, as well, Mark, yeah. just tell, tell folks, because you're even higher north than yes. me and Steve. I mean, we're on the kind of the borders yeah. of, of Scotland. You're right into the kind of... Yeah, so I'm, I'm West, West Lothian, so I'm sort of... Best way to describe it is halfway between Edinburgh and Glasgow. Um, right. And I mean, uh, my frost zone. I think our last frost date's about the tenth of May. Um, so July. <laughs> push it a little bit, you know. If you just sort of, you, you grow too many and you put them out, right? And if you lose them, you lose them. You've still got some under the grow lights ready to come out and replace them. So, you know, it's, there, it's worth a gamble, isn't it? Is there anything else then, Mark? You've you've shown a little bit too a little bit too hasty. What was the same? Were you are you showing anything else like early on or yeah. not? Yeah, so? I so I, I'm itching to get the sweet peppers on the go. That'll be the next thing to go in. Um, parsnips. I'm, I'm waiting for the parsnip challenge competition yes. thing coming. I know. Up. We'll keep on special keep, parsnip seeds. Keep on. And there's, there's actually Mark. There's quite a few people mention Steve. Have we? There's no kind of set date for sowing them, but we must have to have yeah. a set date for pulling them. Is that right? Stephen? Yeah, Christmas Eve. Put what pull them Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, Christmas Eve, ready for Christmas Day. There we go then, Mark. Mind you, I'll these wait. ones have been these ones have been kissed by the gods. <laughs> oh, I've lost oh. you again. I wonder oh. what you're offline it's saying there. Ten ten eighty. Can you can you hear me, Stephen? Yes I can, yeah. Right, right. Otherwise, kind of kicking, kicking everyone. I don't think I can actually change it once it's live. So I don't want to go. Nah, it's, it's jammed on, lads. Anyway, must be working. Are you still there, Hannah? Hannah, yeah. I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you doing the um, 
the parsnip challenge? Are you going to grow along with one? Yeah, I will be. Good, good. I just bought some parsnip seeds the other day, actually. Well, they've well, got to be Gladiator F1s for the challenge. So make sure you've got Gladiator F1s for the yeah, challenge. Yeah, I'll grab some of them. Marvellous, marvellous. I thought you are all going to grow the same one as me, the one I've just grown this year. Wait a minute, Stephen. I've got, uh, where is, one of them ones. Hey. Hey, oh. hey, hey. Look at that size of that man. It's like old lady's legs. Tiny but tender, that variety. What, uh, so what, what variety? Tiny but tender. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I think we, we picked, I'm sure it was you that picked, um, there wasn't tiny but ten. There's no such thing as tiny but ten. I'm like, oh yeah, man. <laughs> you said gladiator F1 for the competition, so yeah, hopefully, yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, can we sow anything now, Stephen? What else can we sow? This is one of my topics. What, what else can we sow if, if we're itching to kind of have a little dabble? Oh. Uh, lettuce, good one. I'm sowing lettuce this next few days, over the next few days. Lettuce, definitely. Um, I haven't really looked at my seed box, to be honest, but I know there's probably five or six things. Might be a little bit early for chard yet, I think. Did, um, I don't know, really. Did you, did you have chard that got hit, Steve, with the frost? Was it you that was mentioning? Oh, good. Yeah. How yeah, is it? Got, how got is it? completely mullered. Yeah. It's, oh, so it's... Right, because mine's took off again. Mine's okay now. I cut it right back, like um, like was talked about, and it's it's yeah. away again there now. So yours just got hammered too much. Yeah, well, it, it it's a weird thing. That really cold spell we went through at the beginning of December, it got hammered, and after that, I passed. Uh, that was a terrible thing, a terrible week. It started to regrow, and I thought, great, we're off and running. This is what it normally does and what it should do. And then just a couple of weeks ago, we had another little cold snap, didn't we? wasn't quite as cold. Uh, only lasted for two or three days. That just finished it. Completely oh. gone to mush, a lot of it. So ah, it's, right, right. it's gone. Great compost heap in the sky. Gone. Has it? Well, that's that's like what one one benefit, you know what I mean? Kind of, yeah. You can compost all your kind of failures. Hannah, did you get hits pretty hard? Have you lost a lot of stuff yeah. or...? Is, yeah, tra- is, quite track bad. Just, is track all just on microgreens at the moment? <laughs> no, just uh, I harvested a lot of leeks the other day. Um, the chard did make a comeback, uh, but I have pulled a few up that were just completely done mm-hmm. for. Um, we've got kale still going, turnip, just pulled loads of carrots as well, which I was surprised that they were all right, actually because um, they'd been stuck in the ground for a while and it had frozen and defrosted and frozen again, but they were pretty good, actually. Right, right. Well, I've got, actually, when we're talking about I've got Steve's picture of Steve's clamp. Steve, oh, I've got yeah. a, I've got that. Now, so they've been preserved in what we, we call a clamp. For anyone, what is it? Yes. I haven't got a picture of a, a clamp or a diagram of it. Can you tell? Because I know there's a few folks, like, like what, what, what do you mean a clamp? Well, it's an old-fashioned storage method. It's what people used to use before they started getting outbuildings and root cellars to store things in. And basically what it is, you dig a pit in the ground about six inches deep. You lay it, you cover it with either the base of it, either with gravel or straw for drainage. And then you start laying whatever you're clamping in there. They don't touch each other. 
so I laid my carrot, if you can imagine, a bit like a dartboard fashion in this round hole. None of them were touching each other, and that's to prevent rot spreading if it gets in. Then you cover that with a bit more straw and a fine layer of um, soil on top of there, and then you build another layer. And you build it up, and it'll end up being about 15 inches above ground, but it's layer after layer after layer of carrots. And it's, as I say, it's an old-fashioned way of storing things. And you can clamp all your root veg. Um, potatoes used to be clamped as well. Um, and that's just how it used to be done, how you used to store things. And, Steve, how how long could you could that survive, you know? Would, would that crop last a good into the, the spring? Well, yes and no. I mean... Getting on me, it's getting on me nerves again. What? Are we there? Yes, losing, starting, it's starting to wear me patience here, there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying it's starting to wear me patience this there now. Yeah. I, to, I didn't want to stream at um, 7.20, but I don't know if that's the, the reason or not. But anyway, I will, Hannah. What was it? How long would that clamp last then, Steve? Well, once the, once the spring starts, it starts to warm up and the carrots will start to warm up and they'll start to re-sprout. Uh, then they'll start to go past their good bit, you know, their the better bit. I mean, clamped carrots won't taste as good as fresh carrots, but they'll certainly taste better than a supermarket carrot. And it'd be no good for eating raw as a, as a fresh carrot. But they're good for... All your winter casseroles, stews, soups, all that sort of thing. So it's worthwhile doing, especially like I had. I had a mega crop of carrots this last year, so why, I what, had to do something with them. You, you said there though, they won't taste as nice as fresh carrots. What? What? Do they lose their flavour or something? Or they they will do over time, and they'll lose uh, a little bit of moisture from them as well, and they'll start to become a bit firmer. You know, when you've got a fresh carrot out of the ground. It, it's literally, you can feel it's wet when you take it out of the ground, mm-hmm. can't you, from through its skin. But it'll start to sap away into the soil and into the straw. It becomes a bit firmer. But if you're cooking it, as I say, into a casserole or stew, it will regain that moisture. And it actually takes on the flavour of the meat that you're cooking it with better. Right, so right. be good in that respect. It's amazing how that, I'm, I'm presuming that method will last longer than just putting your carrots in the bottom of your fridge. You know, if you and, oh god, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And like an old-fashioned style is is way better than a modern technology way. You know, of, of like preserving something. Yeah, I mean, there's another way you can do it. I mean, my granddad, one of the ways he used to do it is he had a bench in his garage, and he would just put a layer of carrots on that, and then a layer of sand on on the top, and then put the next layer on, and he'd build up this big mound on his bench of carrots. That's another way of doing it. But when I went to the allotment plot. Everybody had a couple of clamps for their different veggies down there, and they were picking at them through the winter months. You know, every Sunday or Saturday when they were down at the allotments, they'd take the veg home for the week. Right, that was the idea. Right, right. I mean, like I say, it's I've heard of the clamps, but I've not. I haven't got the the room to do one. I don't know, Mark. Have you done a clamp before? Or no, never, never done it. My, I just store my carrots in the ground where they grow. So just where they've been grown all season, there's mm-hmm. still, there's probably a dozen left in there still to use. It's good, good, yeah, for carrots actually. So they uh, they did, did really, really well. I did um, sweet candle, 
Um, right. Oh yes. Out, absolutely, absolutely smashing. But just hearing Steve talking about that that clamps thing, then it's the it's the sort of thing you only learn off other people, like down at the allotments and stuff like that. And yeah. It, you yeah. should be putting that in a book, Steve. I'm waiting for the the green side up book. <laughs> It's, it's, it's the it's the it's the name though as well like clamp it's just got a you know i don't know oh, where right. that's you know where that's come from but it's got a you know a, it's a bizarre name for it as well a clamp you know what i mean and i guess you can see why when you you think about it hannah is was it would this be something you would do or think about or or would, i guess you're just leaving your carrots in the ground as well are you um yeah i've read about sort of storing them in sand and things before um, and sort of popping them in like a box and keeping them somewhere cold, not letting them touch each other, pesticides and things. I've never tried yeah. it personally. Um, this year I got right into like preserving, so I pickled a lot of things. So that's generally the way that I would go. But I do kind of swear by leaving it in the ground as long as possible. You know, it's Hannah, you know you 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 know you're pickling stuff. Have you tried it since you've mm-hmm. done it? Is, is... And do they taste nice? Is everything... Yeah, it's really nice, actually. We made some um, sweet pickled carrots with the purple variety. Um, They were really nice. We've still got some of them. Um, And then just sort of like normal pickled carrots. Also, like, freezing them is quite good. Um, But, yeah, I really like the pickled stuff this year. Right, right. Because Audrey's right into the the, the pickled stuff as well. So, you know, we're kind of used, you know, the preserving queens... We can't, we can't see it. I will <laughs> see it. JC Barber is asking. This is, I know we've had this question before, Steve, but any tips on growing grape growing, Stephen? Oh, well, Mark, any tips on growing <laughs> grapes? <laughs> I was going to say, I hope he doesn't come to me about grapes because uh, the, the, only, the only thing I've ever heard about grapes is that if you've got a vine, you normally grow them like inside somewhere, don't you? Uh-huh. Just, uh, to plant plant the vine outside and then train it inside. So inside. when it gets rained on and stuff like that, so you don't need to water it all the time. So plant it outside and then grow it into the tunnel or into the greenhouse and then train it along. I mean, that was always my worry. There is um, you've got to somehow get through the polytunnel plastic or under the ground. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? And I didn't want to. I've seen a few people where they put like a brace around the plastic yeah. either side and then they cut that plastic wall out. But then you've got a hole. Right. You know what I mean? And it's how did you do it? Seen my, uh... I haven't done it. I planted mine inside for one very good reason. I'm on a hill on the crest of a hill in that big tunnel, and behind where the grape is planted, there's another foot of soil, and all that land drains off into my tunnel, and that back bed where it is stays wet all year. So I'm utilizing the water in there and stopping it spreading into the tunnel too much by putting the grapes straight inside the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So you can do it both ways, depending on your situation. So what would you, a little bit of advice tip before you got cut off again, again, we'll be losing. What, <laughs> if for anyone starting uh, growing grapes for the first time, what? First thing you've got to do, and it's a pain in the backside, and not many people will actually do it, is do your research, find out what grapes are growing in your area. Because that way you'll find out that, there's no point growing a grape up for three or four years and then finding out you're growing the wrong variety. That's So you've got to do your research. Find one that's going to grow well in your area. Um, and that's probably the most important thing. There are plenty of training guides online, but you basically got to grow your grapevine up. 
split it however you want, whether you want to train it across or grow it into a fan. But the first year, if it grows 10 foot, you'd be cutting three foot off it at the end of the year. And then you grow it on again. You grow it on in sections over a period of three or four years. Don't rush it. Take your time. And on your first harvest, take two bunches of grapes off it. Cut everything else off. Second harvest, take 10 bunches. And after that, you can just go for a full harvest, like I did last year. I was going to say, you had a, like a huge harvest last year. which yeah. was just like... What, what Patience did you do? is definitely key. Definitely. What did you do with all them grapes then? Um, a lot of them, some of them weren't quite ripe and they should have stayed on for longer. So a lot of them were thrown away. Not much, but a, a fair amount. Uh, and the rest, we just, um, we juiced them basically. Uh-huh. All oh, right. Right, right. So I never, fresh grape I never, juice. I never even thought about that. Just juice Beautiful. Them there we go. Did they all come at the same time, Steve? Were they all sort of right at the same time or could he harvest throughout the year? No, you can't harvest throughout the year. They'll all come roughly at the same time. You can you can have a window where you're sort of picking them for two to three weeks. <coughs> You'll get the you but you've got to check them daily and as the bunches ripen take them off. If you leave them too long the wasps get them and they'll get in there and they start becoming a nuisance. So you've got to be careful of that as well. Is it something you would want to grow, Mark? A grapevine? Is it something you've thought about? No, I don't think you get many Scottish grapes. Uh, it's maybe <laughs> oh, a, little, a little bit you too will. cold. Yeah. I've you got will. plenty of water in the polytunnel anyway to keep them yeah. damp at the moment, so it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> Hannah, what about you? Is grape, a grapevine something that's on your horizon for growing? We've got one at Trackle, actually. Um, we only just planted it this sort of like last year, last summer in the greenhouse. And it's done all right. It's grown quite a lot. Um, I have cut it back. I hope I haven't cut it back too early. But I have cut it back already. I did cut quite a decent amount off it. So I'm hoping next year it'll keep growing along the uh, top of it. It's quite a, I think we've we've selected quite a hardy, if you can get a hardy grapevine, Uh, but specifically for like northern temperatures. um, Are they... Are they seedless or, or got seeds in? They've got seeds in. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of... <laughs> right. Um, Jedi Lurker, this is notes from, questions from last week. Is there a cut-off date for, for sowing aubergines? Because I know you've got to be kind of pretty early sowing aubergines or a long-growing plant. Anybody know if it's like a cut-off date, like, oh, it's too late, you know, like, say, March, too late now to, to sow them, or? Not really, not really. I mean, you just choose your variety for however late you're sowing it. I mean, normally I sow my aubergines and peppers, as you know, in January. <coughs> this year I'm growing much smaller varieties. In fact, my uh, aubergine is a patio aubergine this year. I don't need it to get to such a big plant, so that's why I've delayed it a month, um, and they'll be sown this month. Mm-hmm. So just choose a smaller variety or one that ripens quicker. Just read your varieties, have a look, and find one that's suitable for your well, location I, uh, and for what you want it to do. I, um, I've i sown mine. Mine have been sown, 12th of January. There's no stopping you. I could, I could sit here for half an hour and say, don't sow. Don't sow, don't sow. And the moment we go offline, you'll be looking for compost to sow them. Sow them in. Sow them. 
They seem all right at the moment. Mind, I must admit that little window there is like a germination heaven. Everything I've sown has germinated. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I've got a, a heat mat on and I've got the, the Super 7, but the sun bleaches in there. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. a lovely little place. So I'll probably, they might wobble a bit when I kind of go to the greenhouse now and, you know what I mean, get that temperature might be a bit, you know, not right for them just because, like I say, the pump had pooches at the moment they're um they're doing lovely so yeah right oh well, Steve. you need you need your you need your power in your little greenhouse and you need a little frost heater i know I'll take the edge off and you'll you, have to send us that right. link again to be honest about that frost heater I've, um, it'll be somewhere in the in the archives of our chats but steve um angelica is asking um why does me parsnips now i've had this before as well this is from last week's questions angelica love why do me parsnips grow into a ball instead of growing properly downwards i'm transplant i'm transplanting them from a, a tree could that be the problem it's very possible because the the roots of carrots and parsnips really want to be unimpeded completely once they're so once something stops that initial taproot growing out, it doesn't like it and it tends to stay within itself, if you like. There could be loads of reasons, but, I mean, even if you grow them out in free-draining soil and sow your seeds out there, they only need to hit a little bit of stone or a little bit of bark or something, and they yeah. think that their journey stopped and they therefore stop. They'll swell up and swell out into a big ball, but they want unimpeded growth straight down. Basically. Well, if you've got the, if it if so happens that they've got the big, but there's nothing wrong with the, the, the don't, they're still usable. No, no. And get, uh, yeah. Still edible, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, some of that, that tray of parsnips, I posted a photo of the other day. Uh, there's some in there that have had impeded roots because they're big. You can see the big fat things, but you know, they're only short about this long. And I've only got that, um, that one. That one, yeah. <laughs> See, that, that's probably hit a stone and, and split, and that's why it's uh -huh. two stems wrapped around uh -huh. like that. Mine were, mine were all right, but just I, I kind of grow that, not can't grow that many. I just, the space wise, I've used mine. So, th is that all yours gone now, Steve? You've dug all yours up, or have you still got more? Oh, no, God, no. Oh, no, that little, that little blue mushroom tray full of parsnips the other day was from half a row, and that was a four-foot row of parsnips. So that there's two-foot row of parsnips in that tray. And I've now used three rows, and I've got three rows left. I've got tons left. You'll be having parsnips in August? <laughs> oh, I've got all kinds of things. I'm going to be trying a parsnip uh, rosti uh, probably tomorrow. I can make parsnip crisps, parsnip soups, which I'll use as a base mm -hmm. and add different flavourings too. So there's loads of things. I'll be roasting them off and freezing them for purees, baba ganoush. There's tons of stuff you can use it for. There's another question here from last week for you, uh, Steve, just while you're on there. And it's regarding like your tomato side shoots, you know, like your side oh, yeah. hustle, like pinching them. It's, um, it's Mike's allotment. Tomato side shoots, if the variety is an F1 with the side shoot plant, does it produce an F1 fruit? You know how you yes. kind of... Oh, so it will... It's a, cl it's a clone of the mother plant. Right. But the one thing you've definitely... I saw a lot of people doing this last year. It was like a big craze on YouTube. Uh, I seem to have started. 
but what I saw was a lot of varieties being used for the tomato side shoot growing. And you've got to use an early fruiting variety. If you don't, the chances are it won't fruit very well towards the back end of the season. And that will deter people from trying the method again when the method works. You've just got to use an early fruiting one. You saw my tomatoes in that tunnel at the back there. I was still harvesting them until just before that cold snap. So at the end of November, I was still getting uh, tomato harvest. Mm-hmm. That's, Mark, that's where the extra polytunnel size comes in. Oh, Do you know what I mean? That's like you can like just size the size, Tony. You know what I mean? You can set aside a little kind of bit and you're still pulling tomatoes. Because in my, when, when it happens for me, it's like once they're over, I want them out. Where Steve yeah. has got the room to kind of just like relax and just leave Keeps them a gone. little bit. You know what I mean? So, Crikey. yes, yes. Uh, yeah. What tomato variety, then, Steve? Because I actually pulled the, the shoots off Brad's Atomic and I got an amazing crop. I was saying on, on this show. Oh, there the, me and you again, Mark. It's it's still it's <laughs> oh, he's gone. There we go. There we go. I don't know why this is doing this. Bloody <laughs> everyone, and then popped off offline. Why does it keep on saying there, Mark? Me and you. Me and you. Yeah. I wonder if it's my internet connection. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm with the uh, Vodafone, but I've never had this trouble before. We'll make this the last question and we'll go into the tips. What was I saying? Oh, the side shoot, Steve. I had um, Brad's Atomic, which worked like a dream. Is there a, is there a tomato we can kind of, you would recommend for that, that method of like pinching the side shoots out? Well, I've always used um, Crimson Crush or uh, Gardener's Delight was another good one as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got you, the, um, is it here I've got that Crimson... The the rose crush. I wonder if that's like a, a member of the same family. So I'm going that's to. That's use... the um, yeah. That's the one I'm growing this year. Uh, one of the ones I'm growing this year. The it's more of a, a beefsteak tomato. Yeah, that one. yeah. Growing local. If you want them um, seeds, that's what we're growing as well. Listen, before we crash and burn one more time, we will get tips of the week. Now, Mark, did I did I mention that you had to have a tip of the week there? Well. If you, I didn't, you didn't know, but I've oh, right, right. got one. <laughs> oh, good, good. Hannah, we'll come to you first then. What is your tip of the week? Um, I know we said not to get too ahead of yourselves with the sewing, but why not? Um, every year I've always tried not to grow too many, and then every year I do, but I mean, it's a bit of excitement, isn't it, at the beginning of the year, and after the winter we're all eager to sow things, and I mean, a packet of seeds is seventy-five pence a pound, one fifty. So it doesn't really matter if they don't work out quite how you wanted them. But yeah, I think just sow them. That's the best tip there, Hannah. You see, you sow <laughs> them, sow them early, and sow as many as you can. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Tip. Well done there. Well done, Mark. Can we have your tip of the week, yes. sir? Yeah. So my tip of the week is to stop and move. So it was. I was listening to a podcast. Obviously, the Potty Mouth podcast is, is top of my list. Good, good, uh, lad, But good Adam lad. Frost from, from Gardener's World's got one. It's all about gardening for health. And he had a physiotherapist on. Um, they told me all the benefits of gardening for all, you know, physical activity and things. But they're saying that the human body isn't designed to be in the same position like we've been in for any more than sort of 20 minutes, half an hour. So if you're at the plot, if you're in the garden or whatever, 
and you're sort of hunched over a, a bed and you're digging the soil, whatever you're doing. 20 minutes, half an hour, get up, take a little break, have a drink of water, walk around, you know, take it easy, come back and do it again at a later date. Wise words, wise words. I mind you, I get stiff. Do you know what I mean? Like you say, doing certain, like you stand up and it's just like, oh God, God, terrible. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Stephen, tip of the week, sir. Right, it's for those people who dig soil, and it's chiefly right now we've got cold spell, mild spell, cold spell, mild spell. Before you dig any soil, try and get your hand in it if you can. See if it's frozen under. If we've had a frost within a couple of days and then a couple of days later you come to dig it, that soil could still be frozen underneath. Don't dig that frozen soil in because soil works like a blanket and it will keep it frozen. And later on in the year, when your plant's roots are reaching down to it, it will find an area of soil it doesn't like and it could kill it, basically. So don't turn cold soil into warm. But when we're no diggers, it that's all right. Don't worry about that. Eh? Just leave. well, you can even you can even cause problems like that just raking over the top and clearing nice. off as well. well like, so, uh-huh. so still like, got to be careful of it. Getting that like double frost, what we got hit with in the UK, that double kind yeah. of whammy was a, you know, pretty bad. Right then, well, I think it's been a bit trying. This the, the internet connection. <laughs> eh? I'm going to swap providers. Ten eighty. <laughs> I big thank you to Stephen to Hannah. And Mark, Mark, thank you very much. First time on. Next time we'll we'll go right. seven twenty and we'll have a nice and smooth yeah. for you. <laughs> Everyone, take good care. Thank you very much. Thanks to JB in the chat. Bye. Take care.